Welcome to Fails and Fixins. I'm your host, Dave Plow, coming to you from the Digital Buzz Studios. Today, we're going to talk about something that doesn't happen a lot. We're going to take a look at Nintendo failing to let the public know that they have a new system on the market and also failing at letting people know what the system is, what it's about, and why they should buy it. They're usually really good at letting everyone know the new system's coming and promoting it and letting the public know that there is a reason you should have their new console in your house. Before we look at all that, I want to remind you that you cannot only catch Fails and Fixins as a podcast through whatever podcast system you're listening to right now, but we are live every Monday morning, 9.30 a.m. on our Facebook page, Fails and Fixins, F-I-X-I-N-S. So go there, follow us. You can get all kinds of content. In fact, during this podcast, we're going to talk about a video that Nintendo used to try to launch this Wii U. So go ahead, visit, leave us some comments, let us know what you think, and let us know if you have any ideas on how to better fix the campaign that Nintendo quite obviously screwed up. So we're going to talk about the NES, but not the original Nintendo, not even that failed robot. We're gonna talk about what happened after the Wii. Most of you remember the Nintendo Wii, I'm sure. It was one of Nintendo's best-selling consoles of all time. In fact, the Wii sold, during its lifespan, 101.63 million units. That's as of March 2016, when they finally completely discontinued it. I'm sure some of you didn't know the Wii was still in existence in 2016, but they were making this mini version of it because it was so popular. People were still buying them as the old ones would die. So Nintendo was like, hey, let's go ahead and keep selling them. What you might not know is Nintendo actually had another system, a newer system available at that time, and that's what we're going to talk about. The Wii, still going in 2016, but it was perceived to be only for casual gamers. The hardcore gamers would complain that Nintendo has a history of creating only family-friendly games. They don't make things like, say, Uncharted for your PlayStation or Halo for your Xbox. They make Mega Man. They make Metroid. Games that are kind of family-friendly. They might be just a little bit edgy, like a hint of it, but they always tend to be fun to play, and people usually like them. By 2011, the Wii is being lampooned by everyone because everyone kind of knows the PS4 and the Xbox, what became the Xbox One, are on the way. And people are looking at Nintendo saying, Psh, there's that Wii again. Guess we're going to go play Wii Sports. Woo! And they were having trouble creating new games for it. They'd kind of done everything you could do with that particular system. April 2011, Nintendo at E3 announces the Wii U. And they created a big video package, which you can see at our Facebook page. And it focuses heavily on the Wii U's new revolutionary controller. Also, despite the fact the Wii came out in 2006, it didn't have HD graphics. The Wii U would be the first Nintendo system to have full HD graphics. It even came with an HDMI. So with all of that in mind, November 2012, the Wii U launches. It's a full year before the Microsoft PlayStation 4 or before the Xbox One 
are launched. It's actually, I believe they were announced right around this time. And the first Nintendo system to support full HD graphics. What Nintendo wanted to do was to shed the original Wii image that this is a system only for casual gamers. They didn't want that. So what part of what they did was ingenious. They finally, they partnered up with third-party support. If you don't know about video games, what you sh one thing you need to know about this, this entire broadcast, is that third-party support is the lifeblood of video game manufacturers. For instance, one of PlayStation's, I mentioned it earlier, one of PlayStation's biggest titles is a game franchise called Uncharted. And there are four of the games, and each one of the games is what Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Crystal Skull should have been, okay? These are amazing adventure games where you climb around, you get in fights with people, you're looking up archeological artifacts. You're doing all the things Indiana Jones is supposed to do. And it's a PlayStation exclusive, but it's not made by Sony. It's made by Naughty Dog, who is a different software developer. To speak to you in Xbox terms, Halo. The first three Halo games were not made by Microsoft. They are now, but the first three were not. They were made by a company named Bungie, third-party support. This is how video games work. Nintendo is somewhat notorious for not working with third parties. They usually make a lot of their stuff in-house. Like if it has Mario in it, Nintendo made it themselves. Well, with the Wii U to kind of shed that image of we're a family-only gaming company, they brought in third parties, so they had the big hitters come in with them. They had EA, who creates things like Madden. They had Activision. They had 2K Games, and they had Ubisoft. Those are four big hitters in the video game industry, and Nintendo's like, guys, you, 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 and you, come with us. We're going to make a system that you can create things on. So Nintendo did that, and they also borrowed a little bit from the Sony and the Microsoft playbooks in that they launched two different bundles with the Wii U. They launched what they called the Basic, which had 8 gigs of storage. that came with the Wii U gamepad and a stylus and HDMI cable, and that was about $300. We're going to talk about the gamepad here in just a second. That's a very important thing, though. Then they had a deluxe version, which was a black Wii U, which is something everybody does. They changed the colors for the high-end versions. Uh, had 32 gigabytes of storage, uh, black gamepad and stylus, HB, HDMI cable, and it included the Nintendo Network Premium subscription and a game. Now, the Network Premium subscription, well, it, it's kind of like Sony PlayStation Plus. If you don't know anything about video games, it's a subscription service that you can pay for, which then allows you to play online with your friends and download things and it's stuff like that. Its big selling point through this all, or what they thought was going to be the big selling point, was that gamepad controller that I mentioned. The gamepad controller was about iPad size, pretty close to it. And it has its own screen, and it really does. It looks like a modified iPad or like a Kindle with an extra controller on the side. And it was used to interact with the games. If you watch the video that's, once again, on our Facebook page... You can take the Wii U controller and you could hold it up to your screen and move around and pivot. And what's happening on your controller is different than what's happening on your TV. But it's important to what's happening on your TV. It's like you're like if you're playing a shooter game, that's your scope. If you're playing a golf game, you could look down and your ball is in a hole on the ground and you swing with your other controller, your original Wii controller, and it hits the ball and it goes into the TV screen. You get to watch your ball go. So there's all kinds of different ways to use this gamepad controller. And Nintendo went out of its way to make sure that game developers took advantage of this controller because it's a big deal. This is their big selling point. They want you to use this gamepad. And 
because they wanted it to be so versatile, they added a lot of extra like triggers onto it and like a thumb pad, which is that joystick looking thing, if you don't know. Also had a D-pad, which is your more uh, traditional directional pad. I mean, so up and down, left and right. And this game pad was only sold as a part of the Wii U system. So to get the game pad, you had to buy the Wii U system. Like I said, it looks almost like, I mean, the screen's smaller than an iPad, but it almost looks like a portable gaming device, like the Game Boy. Maybe. And Nintendo's known for its portable gaming systems. So people saw that and they thought, okay, this is a Nintendo thing. And it became the center of all of their advertising. It was a big deal. So why would Nintendo do this? Why did they say, hey, one of our top selling products of all time is still on the shelves. People are still buying it, but we're going to go ahead and release this new one. Well, Nintendo thought getting their next gen system out early would give them a leg up on the competition. One of the problems is, even though this Nintendo system was brand new, it wasn't much more powerful than the PS4 and the Xbox One. And there wasn't a whole lot new. Nintendo's notorious for not throwing a lot of money into their systems. What they like to do is they, they put out systems that cost them less to make, but that everyone's going to like. They throw out these systems without the hardware power that Sony or Microsoft does. And in fact, the Wii U ended up being barely a third as powerful as the Xbox One, and was only about as one-sixth as powerful as the PS4, both of which came out one year later. Nintendo was throwing all of its eggs into one basket, and that basket was that controller. They were really hoping that would be the selling point and that everyone would want the Wii U based on that controller. So what happened? Why don't you have a Wii U? Why don't I have a Wii U? Why doesn't anyone you know have a Wii U? Well, if you look at the first two months of sales, you don't know that there was a big problem with the Wii U. It didn't quite live up to what the Wii sold, but the numbers are comparable, and the Wii ended up being one of the most successful systems they ever put out. Problem is that by the second quarter, Nintendo had to adjust its sales projections down 17%. And from that point on, Nintendo was regularly lowering those sales expectations, just dropping them through the floor. Through the floor. Customers, well, they were confused. They didn't know what the Wii U was. The name made people wonder if it was an accessory for the Wii. In fact, last night when I was telling my wife what today's broadcast was going to be about, she goes, I've never heard of the Wii U. Is that something for the Wii? To which I laughed and I said, that's the point of the whole podcast. That's what we're talking about. So the name made people think it was an accessory. Probably because Nintendo has never just done an add-on name except for the Super Nintendo. It was Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and from that point on, they've not repeated. Also, promotion of the controller left people confused. Same thing. They were like, is this a portable system or is this an add-on for the Wii? No one, just hearing the name and seeing the advertisements, knew that this was a system unto itself. They all thought it was either a new portable system, of which they already had their... They're not their Game Boys, but wherever the new version of the Game Boys was, and they already had their Wiis. Why did they need a Wii U? They didn't understand. And some games used the Wii U gamepad. Other games, though, used the Game Pro. So that's two different controllers you use for games with it. And there was still another thing. You also, I don't know that you had to, but you could also use the original Wii Nunchucks for some of the games. And in fact, I do believe the nunchucks were necessary for a few games. I'm not saying that for sure. I would have to look into the Wii U some more. I didn't buy one. You didn't buy one. We don't know, right? 
a little bit of customer confusion. And you can see why when you look at all the controllers and all the accessories they had for it. Now, one of the things I mentioned was that the Wii U launched with support of third-party developers that traditionally had somewhat shunned Nintendo. One of those being EA, who is a huge big-time developer. Well, they lasted all of 10 months and they pulled their support. They were done with Nintendo and they were ready to go focus on the future with PlayStation and Xbox. But that still left a number of people, right? During 2014, Activision and Ubisoft both left and Nintendo had to begin relying on indie game developers. The thing about indie games is they're independent. They have no name recognition. No one goes out and buys a system because of an indie game. An indie game is something you get on the system. And then you say, oh, this is amazing. You tell your friends about it, and then maybe they play it. In the end, the Wii U became the fourth worst selling gaming console at 13.56 million units sold from the four major developers. That means Microsoft, Nintendo, Sega, and Sony in over 30 years. The only three consoles that sold worse than the Wii U were the original Sega, which was called the SGS 1000. It only sold 2 million copies. The Sega Saturn, which only sold 9.26 million, and the Dreamcast, which was an amazing system. I owned the Dreamcast. Sega Dreamcast is the greatest system of all time, but it only sold 9.13 million. The Wii lifespan was from 2006 to 2017. That's the original Wii. The Wii U's lifespan was 2012 to 2017. So the whole time the Wii U was on the market, Nintendo also continued selling the original Wii, which probably just added to market confusion. One other thing that went wrong, the Wii U's top 10 selling titles, 10 selling games combined equaled 46.98 million. Sounds like a lot, right? The original Wii's number one selling title, Wii Sports, which sold 82.86 million. And it's barely more, it's only 9 million more than its number two selling title, Mario Kart. So the Wii U, there's no way that you can look at this and spin it in a successful way. Nintendo did learn a lot from the Wii U, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about what went wrong with the Wii U. How do you improve the Wii U? What do you do to make things better? And I would say the first thing you do is you don't rely on the name Nintendo being enough, which is what they did. They, they took the Nintendo Wii, they upgraded things a little bit, they stuck their name on it, and they said, this is the Wii U, our name's Nintendo, you're going to buy this system. you got to improve the specs a little bit. I think if you put a little more money into the system, then the consumers are going to come. Because as you said, as I said, it's got the Nintendo name, so people are going to trust that as long as you let them know that there's a reason to buy it. Another thing you do is you don't use the name Wii U. As I mentioned earlier, Nintendo is not known for continuing to use the same name on its systems. Its systems are the Nintendo or the original NES, followed by the Super Nintendo. Okay, those two, those two, they use the same names. However, after that, we got the N64, the GameCube, and the Nintendo Wii. None of those use the same naming convention. So when the Wii U comes out, you're like, oh. This must be an add-on for the Wii. It creates a market confusion. PlayStation and Xbox, their entire lifespans, they've done the thing where they do PS, the PS2, PS3, PS4, Xbox, Xbox 360, Xbox One. So they have always used those naming conventions. Nintendo had it, and it created market confusion. So you need to call this system something else for it to be successful. And you just have to be clear in your marketing. Part of that would be changing the name. Part of it is maybe 
not just promoting the controller, but be clear in your marketing when you're putting out the new system. In fact, Nintendo of America's president, Reggie Phils Ami, talking about the Switch here, was quoted as saying, we have a lot of momentum out there. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. But we also know that in this game business, things change quickly. What we've been able to do with the Nintendo Switch is a number of very important things. First, we've been incredibly clear with the positioning of the product. Why should you purchase the device? Well, it's because you can play this great content anywhere, anytime with anyone. Tell me what the Wii U proposition was in 10 words or less. We weren't as incredibly clear. So Nintendo learned from their mistake. They know this Nintendo Switch, they took the good things from the Wii U and they put them into a new system that is capable of being a portable gaming system or a home gaming system. And they've been incredibly clear with their message. Why? Because they found out what failed with the Wii U. So they've done their own fails and fixings with this. They figured it out and they've moved on. Once again, what failed with the Wii U is poor marketing, a poor system, and poor communication. They've taken all that and flipped it on its head, and they've done the exact opposite with the Switch, which in 10 months outsold the Wii U. The first 10 months that Nintendo Switch was on the system, it outsold what they had done with the Wii U. That's it for today, folks. We have covered the Nintendo Wii U. We have looked at what went wrong and how it could have been fixed. That's the point of this show. So if you have any thoughts or anything you want to send to me, if you have any ideas on how you fix this campaign, other than what I said and other than what Nintendo said, leave us a comment on the Facebook page or shoot me an email at dave at failsandfixins.com. So be sure to check us out online at facebook.com slash failsandfixins. We will help you get through your PR studies or we will just help you as a professional not make the same mistakes these other groups have made. With that, I will see you all next week when we come at you with another fail and another fix.